0: Good morning, church. Let's all stand as we start our worship service.
1: I will then turn his (laughs) gaze with thanksgiving in my heart. I will then turn
0: his corn with praise.
2: A joy to be gathered together with you today. We, hey, we spent a few days back in summer and we're back in fall. Somebody say amen. We're, we're thankful to have a little bit cooler temperatures and uh, thankful that uh, maybe November will come through for us as a really good, cool month. We're hopeful for that. Really glad that each and every one of you have chosen to be with us today. If you are one of our guests, we're really wanting to say thank you to you, particularly and would ask it, uh, if we can continue the blessing and the thank you forward for a few days, maybe even a week or so. If you're a guest with us, if you'd fill out one of the blue cards that you'll find in the pocket on the on this chair in front of you, as you pull it out, you'll notice that there are two sides to the card. Please fill out whatever you're comfortable with. Again, we're not selling that to anybody. We're not going to badger you. We just want to be able to have the opportunity to reach out and contact you and, and again, Continue the joy and the thanksgiving of this uh, hour, the blessing of this hour. If you're joining us online, we're really thankful that you chose to be with us as well. If you uh, enjoy what you're seeing and participating in what's going on, we would ask that you might uh, click the subscribe button to our channel. We would appreciate that. And also, if you could give us a like, a thumbs up there at any point, we would appreciate that. And again, above all else, we hope that you're blessed by what goes on in our service today. Hope that you got a copy of the Caring and Sharing as you came in today. number of things there that we'll not make specific mention to. We do have a couple of prayer updates. One of them, one of them, how cool is this? I love this. Are you ready? Uh, Ashley and Toby, Ashley Mullins grew up in our congregation, and Toby, her husband, Toby Garnett, uh, she uh, had twins that were brewing, and uh, she went to see the doctor, and he said... We need to go to the hospital, and when they got to the hospital, they said, maybe we'll have babies on Saturday night, and then on Friday night, her water broke. And so we want to welcome Bella and Toby Garnett, uh, two twins, sorry, Um, and they are here safely and sound. As I understand it, they are in NICU because they're about five weeks, a little over five weeks early, but they're breathing on their own and all those kinds of good things. So let's all join together and say amen. We're really thankful for that. And you know what? I I guess I left out the real important thing to say. Congratulations to Sandra and Ronnie Mullins for being new great-grandparents one more time yes yes good night being a grandparent's new to me i have no i don't know if i'll make it that long That's awesome ronnie and sandra who i know is watching again grab your caring and sharing if you ever need it and don't have the physical copy with you you can find it in the uh, on the website there and i do want to mention especially for those of you online with us if you would like to be included in notifications about things that go on here the ljc update is a great way to do that it's a little text message if you will type those letters to that number We'll send you about one message, maybe two messages a week that can let you be connected to what goes on. And if you're sitting here and don't get those messages, you might look at that as well. I would remind you that we're continuing with some contactless procedures. Hopefully you got your little cup for the Lord's Supper, little communion uh, element set, individual set there. If you don't have one, now would be a good time to head back there and be sure everyone in your group has those. Also, our giving continues to be uh, contactless, in other words, online or there's a box in the back for you to put uh, physical donations in today there. I want to remind you that even though we're getting late in the fall, our life groups are continuing to go on. We have a group that meets on Thursday night. We're just being blessed every single week that we get together. Uh, if you want to know more about those, you can go online, click the Life Groups button, and it'll tell you about the different groups. You are welcome to join any And just by showing up on a Sunday night does not mean you're signing on the dotted line. You can just give one a try and, and keep uh, looking until you get there. And if you don't want to go on Sunday night and think Thursday night would be better, then give, you'll be able to get in touch with me and would love to have you be a part of that. We're one week away from a very special Sunday evening. Everybody say, woo! Yes, there we go. I expect all of you whoopers to be there um, we've, Our family journey of Thanksgiving is coming back next Sunday night, starting at five thirty. I would invite you to be a part of that. mightn 't even invite you to grab some grandkids or somebody like that. Uh, this is very family oriented although people of any age can be a part of it. I would say that kids probably need some adults to kind of young children need adults to walk through it with them it 's not intended to be supervised in that way. It is a family event. So I hope that you'll come and be a part of the family journey of Thanksgiving. It will really be a blessing to your heart. And in addition to that, you'll smile a lot and have a really, really good time. It is a joy to be gathered together in the name of the Lord. Amen? We get to uh, enter His gates with thanksgiving. Yes? And we get to proclaim... This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's continue in worship. And you want them to stand? Sure. Let's. Oh, sorry. I just about forgot. We'll do all that after we pray together.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, won't you bow with me, please? Heavenly, Heavenly Father, yeah. th- thank you for this this day. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for this beautiful weather. Um, Help us to uh, step back and look at all the blessings that that you've put upon us. I know we're in the time of Thanksgiving and we start to look at all the things we're we're thankful for, but help us to step back and look at the big picture and and everything that you've provided for us, Lord. I know uh, people are traveling this time of year. So watch over those people traveling and and uh, those that are struggling. Watch over them as well, uh, Lord. Help us to uh, open up this morning and and to take in everything um, and, as I mentioned, just step back and enjoy all the blessings that you've provided. In your son's name, we ask this. Amen.
0: All right, let's be standing. I stand amazed in the
1: presence of Jesus.
0: He's perfect. For stage two, limitless kids and praise kids.
1: Good morning, church. Uh, This morning, I'll be reading uh, scripture from Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 14, going through verse 21, if you want to follow along. I'll be reading from the NIV text. I myself am convinced, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, complete in knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. I have written you quite boldly on some points, as if to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of christ jesus to the gentiles with the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of god so that the gentiles might become an offering acceptable to god sanctified by the holy spirit therefore i glory in christ jesus in my service to god i will not venture to speak of anything except what christ has accomplished through me in leading the gentiles to obey god by what i have said and done by the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit, so from Jerusalem all the way around to Elikram, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that, what I, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, it, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand.
0: Let's stand as we sing this song before Alan's lesson. We have traveled through the soul.
2: said. Man, what a joy to worship a God who gives us a harbor like Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That the world, the the gales and the storms go on. And and we recognize at some level that the gales and storms of sin sometimes invade in our own lives. Just the gales and storms of life invade in our own lives. But how different the winds that blow against us are because we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And even in our most difficult points, we are part of Christ. And I am thankful to be reminded of that in song and so many other ways. We're continuing with Paul as he points us to a a way of living. See, living sacrifices is not a theory. Living sacrifices is a way of living that not only reflects the gospel in that Jesus was a living sacrifice. And, again, the image from Revelation is that he... ...is that slaughtered lamb. He bears the marks of of the gift sacrifice that he made... ...even though he is still alive. He is not only a... that, ...that not only are we living in a way that points and reflects the gospel... ...but in many ways, a very powerful sort of way... ...I think Paul would say, you want to fulfill the gospel? Have you come to know Jesus Christ, church? Have you put him on in baptism... ...and experienced His death, burial, and resurrection... ...then are you not called to be living sacrifices? It is the fulfillment of what we are to be about. Last week we uh, labored. and, And I appreciate all of you who gave attention. And I appreciate the conversations that I participated in this week... Alan, you got it wrong here. Alan, I appreciate what you said there. And any, by the way, if I can, if I can get about half, you got it wrong, and about half you're, you're blessing us. Then I figure I'm hitting close to where God wants me to be. Somebody say. <laughs> Last week we labored through Paul's reflections on what he calls disputes over differing opinions, and I want to be sure and say, none of these different uh, differing opinions that they're arguing has any thing to do with the reality, again, of the death, burial, and complete sufficiency of Jesus Christ, amen, and the resurrection of Jesus. It is not about the things that are core to the gospel, it is about reality, it is about the way we choose to be living sacrifices. And let's be sure and say, that can have a lot of different opinions, and in Rome it specifically had a lot of different opinions in that it was about the way those who came from a Jewish background, saw being a living sacrifice and loving God and following Jesus by fulfilling the Torah, the law, the the Sabbath day, things like that. And and again, the, the habits of eating, not eating things that would be offered to idols and eating correctly. And the Gentiles, who had found a new freedom... A new freedom that puts away all idols and puts away, in many ways, puts away the idea that somehow or another I have to climb a ladder to, of, of regulations to get to be with God. Instead, Christ has completely fulfilled all the regulations of the law and we are free, free in the Spirit in Christ Jesus. Amen? And you can see how those two groups might have really divergent opinions. It is interesting, however, in church history that as you move forward, while there will be different Differing opinions that they'll argue about seldom is the argument anymore in the larger Christian body about whether we have to do Sabbath or whether or not we have to be kosher those kinds of things so it evolves from that into more things like that and there are two primary implications I'm still just kind of reviewing last week primary implications first of all we must not despise and second that we must not pass judgment. Passing judgment is the idea of condemning, that we can't be in the business of condemning. And despising means the idea that we see people as less in God's eyes or in our eyes, that we don't recognize that they are the same in God's eyes. And so we would put them on a lower level. And by the way, if you're in Rome and you're a a part of that Roman society, a good Gentile, there was always a social ladder to climb. And so it was real common and very easy to think of people lower than yourself and paul says you jews don't judge and you gentiles don't despise i think it can be divided that way in overly simplistic terms but again we renounce these things we renounce those things of despising and condemning because of god God has welcomed them. God has welcomed the one who still holds on to some of the God-honoring traditions of the Torah, but God also welcomes those who don't know the God-honoring traditions because they have accepted the great truth of Jesus, and they're going to lay their lives down as living sacrifices in that. It gets repeated as if it weren't important enough. He says again, Paul says, don't pass judgment. Notice it's in the inverse order this time, don't pass judgment, and you who pass judgment on your brother, or why do you despise your brother or sister? And again, again, it is because of God. Or better yet, isn't this what we always have to be careful that we don't put ourselves in the place of God? That my answers are always God's answers. Now, by the way, I want my answers to be God's answers. Amen? Amen? But I have to always approach that with a great amount of humility. This is where I am in understanding what God wants, knowing that God's wisdom will always be greater than my own. And what I can kind of settle on there is Jesus. Can you join me in that? Jesus. What is God's great wisdom? Jesus. And when we can be there, and when we can decide that the only thing that, we're gonna, that we want to proclaim is that without Jesus you're lost. Say that with me. Without Jesus, you're lost. And with Jesus, you have found God's answer. Amen? Amen. And we need to be people who are about that. We don't need to stand before the judgment. We will stand before the judgment seat of God. And it will not be we or somebody else who's doing the judging. It will be God himself who's doing that. So we don't condemn others and we don't look down on others because we recognize that God, we are all the same in God's eyes. And someday, by the way, I want to be really careful about how I have treated my neighbors, literally the people who live next door to me, who may not know Christ or who may know Christ in a slightly different way. I want to be real careful about the kind of citizen that I am in this community of Lake Jackson, in larger Brazosport, in the state of Texas, in the United States. I want to be careful about the kind of citizen I am in the world. Finally, most importantly, I want to be careful how I treat people who call on the name of Christ. Because someday not by what I think is right or wrong, but by what he knows is right or wrong, I will be judged for how I enacted the love of Christ in those places. And he's called us to that same thing. I appreciate Brian picking up with the reading in 14. I'm going to pick up where Brian left off. As It's kind of funny. As you read these closing chapters of Romans, what you see is Paul say, say amen several times. Whether he says it specifically, amen or not, he will by the end of this chapter. He, he seems to almost wrap up, and then he thinks, well, I need to say one more thing, and then he wraps up again. And by the way, chapter 15 ends the letter. Who knew? Doesn't really end the letter, because you know that chapter 16 exists. But by the time he gets to the end of 15, he's kind of wrapped up the theological thinking of the subject. We're going to look at 16 over a couple of weeks in different ways, But these are kind of his concluding remarks as he closes out this letter before he begins a wonderful process of greeting the churches in Rome. This incredible list of names that we're going to get to in a couple of weeks. So, read with me starting in verse 22. This is the reason I have so often been hindered from coming to you. Again, the reason that Brian read that he doesn't go to places where somebody else has already established the gospel. We don't know which of the apostles, in fact, we we don't think any of the apostles had gotten to Rome before Paul did, but it was the people who heard the message, people like Aquila and Priscilla who carried that message to Rome. Powerful kind of thing going on there. But now, with no further place for me in these regions, and what he's talking about is east of Italy, I desire, as I have for many years, to come to you. And by the way, let's be sure and say, in your lifetime as an American citizen... Sorry, let me get a little closer. As a citizen of Texas, how many of you have been to Austin and seen the Capitol? Yeah, okay. And of course, what we know is that if you're talking about the real center of Texas, and if you are a Texan and you want to visit its heart, you want to come to Houston, right? Everybody wants to make a trip to Houston. I love the advertisements, come take your vacation in Houston. I'm like, okay, that sounds great, in in December, January, and February, because pretty well any other time of the year, it's not exactly the vacation spot of the world. But if you're an American citizen, how many of you have made a trip to Washington, D.C.? And we we kind of see a fulfillment in that in many ways, and it may be that uh, if you're a big New York City fan, you see that as, well, you can't be an American if you hadn't been to Paul recognizes that to be a Roman citizen, which he is, to live in this part of the world, one of the places you want to go is Rome. In the same way, as a Jew, you want to go to Jerusalem. I want to come to you. I've been wanting to come to you for many years, and when I go to Spain... For I do hope to see you on my journey and be sent on by you once I have enjoyed your company for a little while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem in a ministry to the saints. This is a wonderful key that flows through so many of Paul's letters. People argue about, are they all written by Paul? They, so many of them refer to this collection for the people in Jerusalem. It's a neat way that they tie together in a powerful way. Continuing in 26, For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to share their resources with the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. By the way, I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but people who raise funds will often say, those people down the road, they gave so much, it was wonderful. Why do they say things like that? To tell you how much was given by the people down the road? No! They want you to see, oh goodness, those people down the road gave to this good cause, maybe we need to. So... With the poor among the saints at Jerusalem, 27, they were pleased to do this, and indeed they owe it to them. Powerful words. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material things. Make no mistakes, the echoes of the weak and the strong of 14 are lingering as he says that. 28, so when I had completed this, that is going to Jerusalem, and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will set out... By way of you, on to Spain, I know that when I come to you, I will come to you in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Wow. I'm coming to you with this sense of, I have fulfilled something really important in going to Jerusalem. I have allowed the Gentiles who have benefited from your spiritual blessing, the blessing of the Old Testament, that Jesus came through the Jews... You have been benefited. I'm going to fulfill something by taking your gift back to them. And now I'm on my way to you. I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. By the way, he wants that blessing of Christ to continue when he gets there. Verse 30, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in earnest prayer to God on my behalf. That I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea. And that my ministry to Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. So that by God's will I may come to you with joy. And be refreshed in your company. That word refreshed is a word that Paul has used several times throughout his letters. And it almost always means the idea of extending hospitality to Paul. Welcome me but also refresh in the sense of fill up the gas tank. And we know today, what does it take to fill up the gas tank? What does it take to fill up the gas tank? Honey, he's needing resources to be able to go on to Spain. I hope I come to you in peace and that you will refresh me. He says this of the Philippians, you refreshed me when you supported me in all these ways. And by the way, yes, that has to do with Doing what he asked here. Pray for me. But it also would have to do with the idea that he would continue to need funds if he's going to fulfill his role as an apostle. So that by God's will I come to you on the journey be refreshed in your company. The God of peace be with all of you. If you've read any of Paul's letters, when you hear that phrase, what do you think is coming? Amen. And by the way, the end of the letter. Thanks very much. Bye, folks. ...except we know that there's a whole another chapter coming. The work of Paul. Some of the greatest work that's been done... ...since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. To carry the gospel. Not in the sense of carrying some sort of Jewish... ...sort of tainted version of the gospel... ...but to discover a core of the gospel of Jesus Christ... ...to take to the whole world, to all the Gentile nations... And Paul calls on these people, quite literally, most of them he's never met before. He says, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me so that I can get to Judea and do this good thing that God has called me to do. I need you to pray for me so I can get there and I can get back to you. In reality, I need you to pray for me so I can continue to do this good thing for God. What are you praying for that's bigger than just the circle that's around you? Do we need to pray for the circle around us? Yes. yes. But do you find in your regular prayers that you're praying for something bigger? We had EEM here just a few weeks ago. We had the opportunity to hear the great things that are going on in a powerfully uh, changing part of the world. And, and we're called to, yes, to make financial contributions, but also to pray for what the gospel is doing. Are you praying for what the gospel is going to be able to do in Afghanistan? In the brokenness of Afghanistan, are you praying? Would you join me in prayer for what's going on with the Christians in Haiti? For those that you and I have supported with our dollars, who we have have said, this is something we adopt. For me, having been on the ground there and seen them, hopefully someday for you to be on the ground to see them, for Craig's sister. Are we praying for something bigger than just around the block? Maybe most of all, could I ask you to join me in this? Not just me, sorry. About 2,000 years of Christians have been saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Do you ever pray that in your prayers? If you don't, that needs to be part of your prayer life because it needs to shape who you are. Paul calls on them to pray for him for things bigger than what's just going on in Rome. But isn't it amazing? Paul writes this letter. Don't, don't, I mean, is, is this just one of the most incredible pieces of literature that we've got? And the answer is absolutely yes. This expression of the gospel of Jesus is just so powerful. And it got written because Paul wanted to get to Rome to get to know them. To be refreshed by them so he could go on to Spain. Guess what we know? We know. There is no historical record that Paul ever made it to Spain. So he wrote the letter for no good whatsoever, right? And he does come to Rome. But he doesn't come to Rome as a free person to to be this encourager for the church as he was. He came to Rome in chains. Have you ever gotten involved in a project that you think, I'm not sure what's ever going to come of this. And by the way, I recognize. It's just really easy to say, you know, I've been involved in this and I thought we were doing good things, but, but boy, it just doesn't look like we're ever going to get to that goal. I'm going to cut it off, right? I got a graduate degree from a school that closed its doors this year because it couldn't continue to get money from people because it was slowly but surely dying numbers of students. Thankfully, the David Lipscomb University has adopted uh, Austin Graduate School of Theology and calls it David Lipscomb, Austin Center of David Lipscomb University. Do you know what's interesting? Even the last person that wrote a check to Austin Graduate School of Theology has to think, I'm investing in something that I don't see the fruit of on this earth, but I am guaranteeing that there will be fruit that the kingdom of heaven, when it comes in its fullness, will reveal. Amen? Amen. Paul writes this letter, and we never get to the goal that he wrote the letter for. And yet, we, 2,000, 1940 or 50 years later, are blessed by its contents. Don't ever think. Don't ever think that if you're doing something good for God, that even if it doesn't meet its ultimate goal, that it isn't bringing some of God's good in some way or another. I am really thankful Paul thought he was going to Spain. How about you? Hope you've been blessed. You may recognize St. Mark's Tower in Venice. Uh, a, a, an incredible landmark if you've ever been to venice venice is this place where the streets are water reality there's water under almost everything and certain times the water rises this square that you see there they'll they'll they have these little tables that they put out but to become the sidewalks as the water will actually rise into the the plaza here things like that and there are buildings that are sinking all those kinds of things But it stands, and again, you get inland a little bit, there's a new part of Venice that has some taller buildings. But St. Mark's is like way taller than anything else. And why is that? Because you're building stuff on water, in reality. And it has stood for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, but early in the morning of July the 14th in 1902. Some of you know this. The picture on the left is purported to be an actual photo that somebody snapped from one of the hotels that's around the square there. The tower had developed some cracks and crumbled right there. Interestingly, uh, yes, the city had taken precautions as they saw the the cracks and said, we need to not have people around here. And absolutely nobody died from this tragedy, except apparently the custodian's cat was found under all the rubble somewhere or another. But they knew, and by the way, if you visited Venice, aren't we glad that in 1902 the city fathers decided we're not going to not rebuild this. But they recognized that it's going to have to have a better foundation. It's going to have to have stronger. So hundreds of pilings were put in. And not just pilings under the structure itself, but pilings that went out really, really wide. Those of you who are engineers recognize that principle, don't you? If we're going to put it up taller... The foundation has to be deeper, and the foundation has to be wider, especially in 1900s. I understand that y'all can do that without going wider anymore. Amazing. They realized that the foundation was the key. And so it stands there today. You can go and you see it. It's one of the neatest places in the world to visit. It really is. The foundation is the key. Read with me from Isaiah 45. Beautiful text. It may start unfamiliar, but I think you'll recognize it before we get to the conclusion. Assemble yourselves and come together. Draw near, you survivors of the nations. By the way, Isaiah at this point has God speaking. God is the speaker here. They have no knowledge, those who carry about their wooden idols and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Declare and present your case... Let them take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? There is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is no one beside me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn from my mouth... For my mouth has gone forth in righteousness, a word that shall, now, that, shall, that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall swear. This is the goal of Paul's mission. Paul had read the prophets and always kind of wondered, how will all the peoples on earth be gathered together? And he realized that Jesus had opened the doors for the Gentiles to come in. Because we're not founded on the Mosaic Law, we're founded on Jesus. And we are thankful for the Mosaic Law and what it has taught us, amen? But we are not founded on it, we are founded on Jesus. This last chapter, he kind of ties it all together. Why am I doing what I do? Why do you want to be a part of what I'm doing? Why do you Jews and Gentiles need to get your stuff together? Because with one voice, amen? With one voice, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And how we can be transformed and joined with God in this greatest goals of all, he lays out, and I think two things. Whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. How do we become part of that foundation on which the gospel is built, on which the spread of the gospel is stands, excuse me is we become people of the Bible, Amen? If we're going to figure out the difference between disputable things and core things, there better be one place that we go, and it better not be Alan's opinion or your opinion. It better be the Bible. And second, May the God of steadfastness and encouragement, hear those words, steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus so that together you may with one voice, fulfilling Isaiah 45, glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one voice. There's no greater foundation upon which the gospel moves and accomplishes its goal of all people that we turn to God's word, we spend time there, we discern it, and we join together in one voice in glorifying Him. I don't know what the one song, what's the one song going to be when all of it comes together and we all sing? I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know, even know that it'll just be a song. Maybe it would be crazy kind of quoting scripture all together for un- glorifying God, Together in that way, maybe maybe that worship will just be about us hugging each other for hours and years on end and welcoming each other with the peace of Christ. Amen. Would that be a glorifying of God kind of event? Amen. No greater foundation that I'm going to be someone who emulates God in being steadfast and never letting go of Him And I'm going to do everything I can do to encourage you along your path to know Jesus better. Amen. So I'm inviting you to join me and let's let's join in this steadfastness. Can we do that? Can we join in this process of being encouraging to one another? Lifting one another up? Helping each other down the path? And then, here it is. We express that same steadfastness to someone who doesn't know Christ. And say, God hasn't given up on you yet. And then we encourage them as they take the steps that they need to take to come to know Jesus better. And when we do that, ultimately, we will have put on Christ. Not going to be Christ-like. Not just going to be a Christian. But I am going to be Christo-formed. I'm not going to be conformed to the world. I'm going to be transformed into Christoformity. I want to not only honor Jesus in what I do, I not only want to read the Bible that Jesus read and these texts that were added to tell us more about what he did and what came of that, but I'm going to draw in Christ and glorifying God in all that I do. By way of invitation, I want to read one more scripture from chapter 15. May the God of hope... This is, by the way, one of those other places where you think he's going to end. There are three of them in chapter 15 alone. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I could use a little more hope in my life. I don't know about you, but I could use a little more peace in my life. I love peace, perfect peace. Only one place to find it. Amen? Jesus. Jesus is that only answer. And if you need to respond to him today... We would be glad to receive you and talk with you if you need us to pray with you about what's next in your life. If you're ready to put Christ on in baptism, we're going to do our best to say yes. If you just want to say, I want to be a part of a group of people who make those kind of things their goal. And we'd invite you to come and say, I want to be a part of this church family. We'd invite you to do that. If you're online with us and would like to start that conversation... The number for texting us is right there, 979 217 We'll start that conversation. and We want to we be God's yes in your next, whatever's next for you. Hope and peace. Won't you come as we stand and sing? Lord, the light of your love is shining In the
0: midst of the darkness shining Jesus Christ. this would be a good time to do so. i
3: service, I'll read scriptures from uh, Luke 22 and from Hebrews 9. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Our Father, our God, we come before you to remember your Son and for what he did for us. How he came to this earth and walked this earth as God with us and how he was loved and worshipped and then how he was betrayed and killed. Father, but he gave his life. He gave his body and his blood for us so that we could be forgiven of our sins. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for the sacrifice that was given for us. Help us to remember him at this time. Wash our sins away once again. Cleanse our consciences. Help us to look to you for the salvation that we long for. In Jesus' name, we pray.
2: Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sins. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ.
3: In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And then turn to Hebrews 9 and 14, where the writer talks about the blood of Christ. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Father, we're so thankful to you for the blood that Jesus shed, for we know that the life is in the blood, and he gave his life for us. That blood was the beginning of the covenant for us. It wasn't given after we sinned. It was given before, and our sins were cleansed. And it continues to cleanse us today. Not only does it cleanse us of our sins, but it cleanses our consciences so that we do not have to live in those sins and worry about them and carry them with us. But they have been taken away out of our life. We have been continually bathed in the blood of Christ and we're thankful. Father, help us to partake of that cup at this time, remembering how precious that blood of Jesus was for us. In his name we pray. Amen. Uh Uh pray for our offering. Father, we know that you have blessed us with so much. So much to live our lives in comfort. You protect us, you watch over us. And we're so thankful that you do. Help us to ever be thankful. We're thankful for the financial blessings that you give us, Father. Help us in our hearts to gratefully return some of those blessings to you that you have given to us. Help them to be used in your kingdom. Help us to share your gospel with others here and afar with the blessings that you have given us. Thank you, Father, for all you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So now the, the kids' gift will be given. So we'll remember them and as they come down to share their gift with us.
4: Oh, it's been a wonderful day. Uh, going back and list, and reflecting on the sermon about how Paul is talking about managing and handling differences, it brings to mind Christ's prayer in John 17 that he wants us to be united as one. that that is where as we go through and be united, that this is Christ's Prayer for us. And Paul gives instruction about how we can make that happen. So as we go through that, a couple of things we need to l- remember. Uh, one uh, event that's in the, not, that has happened that's not in the carrying and sharing, Ralph Nockin has been admitted to um, St. Luke's in Houston. He's in room 1130, so he's had a blood clot in his, in his knee. So we need to remember him in our prayers. Um, got these out of order. Oops. Okay. All right. And uh, some of the other things that are going on is that I want to go ahead and thank everybody. We've got, Roger mentioned the uh, giving that we're doing and I want to continue. Thank you again for your continued blessing and your continued support. Uh, there are uh... thank you notes will be carrying and sharing there's nothing new that's been handed to me couple of things i want to bring to your attention tomorrow is prime timers there is a sign up sheet in the foyer for prime timers also in the foyer are little stars for uh, arms of hope for gift cards again these are for gift cards for house parents to buy gifts for the children at the bowls and the medina children's home Um in the past, last year, oh, that's a long way away to think about 2020. For those who want to remember 2020, uh, Arms of Hope had asked us not to include J.C. Penney as part of the gift cards. That so we marked them off the list. This year, J.C. Penney is back on the list. So if you choose to include uh, gift cards from J.C. Penney, they're welcome. Uh, so bring the gift cards, attach them. To the star, your information on it so that they will send you a uh, receipt for it and put it in the collection box in the back uh, for the, those cards. Uh, remember, she- our mission emphasis for this month is Shelly Bryant out of Singapore. Her mother's very ill, and so she and her mission are needing extra prayers as we go through there. Uh, Next weekend, Wes Wilson will be here. Uh, He is a candidate for our open position for youth minister, and so everybody get a chance to see him, listen to him, and meet him and his family. Uh, That's all I have on the announcement, so let's take a moment let's pray together. Our Holy Father, thank you. You have blessed us in so many ways, and so many things, just not, just not materially and financially, but you've blessed us with life, health. You've blessed us with things that we may not even recognize, but let us never, ever take your blessings for granted in this life. Amen. Father, we pray for Ralph as he is going through, uh, has some issues, uh, medical issues, in all those in our prayer list, that you will keep them in your, in your heart. You will give them the healing that they need. Father, we pray for our mission for Shelly Bryant, especially at this time when her mother is ill, that as she is serving in a very difficult mission field, that you will bless her and keep her uplifted, and that we can be a comfort to her and support. Father, we thank you for all the many ministries that this church is working on. We always ask for your blessing in us and all we do. And may we all take the word forward in our lives and shine in this world. Forgive us of our sin, Father, so that we may stand righteous before you in that last day. And we pray this in the name of your Son, who is coming back. Amen. Let's stand for
0: our closing song.